Welcome to this episode of Money Moves with Gen Z for Financial Literacy. My name is Matthew Shadid, and I, along with my co-host Stephen Lin, discuss money, budgeting, and everything in between with Laura Ann Moore, who has saved over £40,000 by following her very own money guidelines and creative budgets, all while feeling positive and confident about money. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everybody. My name is Laura Ann Moore, and I am a UK based uh, financial coach and financial wellbeing speaker, uh, personal sort of finance content creator. Um, and I've been doing it for a few years, and it came about from my own like personal experiences with money in regards to like not having much money when I was younger. Um, like, I've got three brothers and sisters, so six of us in one house was a lot um and like really seeing the stressful and anxiety inducing side of money to growing up getting a job and like saving money and I saved 15,000 pounds within three years with the plan to go to drama school and then last minute I had an opportunity to go traveling with a few of my best friends so I had this opportunity where it wasn't the money, the money wasn't the thing that held me back. I got to pick which one I wanted. I had this freedom of choice. And then when I came back, I was like, oh my God, like light bulb moment of realizing that being good with your money and feeling good about money, what it can give you. So I set it up, um, I set up a blog, I set up an Instagram and just started openly talking about money. And then it's kind of kind of just gone on from there really. Um, and yeah. perfect that's so interesting the way you kind of went from that like personal experience to actually implementing it into like helping others I think that's really cool Thank so you. definitely we want to like kind of talk about more of like a broader perspective um studies have shown that people uh really don't save or have an emergency fund as it's called um, even three and five from a recent study by JP Morgan. I think it's because a lot of times adults can't see really the end game. Like what, what's, what's the point is, is, a, is a common question when it comes to this topic. If someone came to you with this kind of like worry, what is the end game? Why am I doing this? How would you kind of respond to that? I think that first of all, like the the end, it's not really about the end game. Like you don't just want to, save and invest a bunch of money and then get to the end of your life and be like yay I have you know x amount of my savings or investments the point is that you're using your money as a tool to you know reach your dreams and live your best life and that is a combination of being able to enjoy your money in the now and enjoy your life but also reducing the stress that living paycheck to paycheck brings um, and building your net worth and growing your money over an extended period of time so that as you get older, you can reach those bigger things in life. Now, I think what of, a lot of the time happens is young people are told they need to put money in a pension or they need to buy property. And pensions and retiring seem so far away. And property isn't for everybody. It's not something that everyone wants to do. So it's like the goal that people are being told to work towards isn't motivating so it's about reframing it I think and understanding delayed versus instant gratification but talking about the things that that person wants so understanding what type of life they want in the future so that it feels more motivating without it just being like 
you know, put money into your pension because it sounds really boring. Um, and then also I think helping people understand and like build self-love because usually what happens is the reason why people don't really care about you know the future and they're a bit like meh you know that's future me's problem is because they're suffering suffering with something now that's making them want to spend all their money in the now and like change how how they feel that's usually like from a financial psychology point of view a lot of the reason why we spend money is like to change how we feel so when you can start to like cultivate self-love and really find happiness in life in general um aside from the material things it helps you find that balance between enjoy your money now and like working towards the future so yeah I think it'd be more of a if someone came to me with that that problem it'd be a lot it would be more just kind of like talking through that and getting them to see that side of it yeah and I think that's a really good point to make because everybody says okay save for retirement put money in your savings account divert x amount from your paycheck and put it towards your retirement but a lot of times though those words are so oversaid it becomes almost like meaningless and really focusing on each person's individual goals what they want to achieve the next five years the next 10 years the next 20 years that's so much more impactful than just saying okay put this amount in retirement and just do it because everybody says to do it yeah exactly and it's like when the thing about goals and putting an emotion behind it is when you're emotionally motivated towards something you're more likely to take inspired and aligned action with that thing so like you say if you say to somebody okay what is it you want in five years and they go well I really want to be able to quit my job and go traveling and then set up a I don't know yoga studio in Bali like that is going to be so emotionally motivating for them than just what are you going to do when you don't work you need money when you're an old person like it's yeah. finding that thing that resonate with them as an individual because you'd rather somebody look after their money in the next five ten years as opposed to like thinking 50 years in time and it feel like exactly. it actually helps them manage it properly exactly and speaking in that same vein the stock market bonds these different financial terms are often daunting to a lot of young adults which often leads them to turn away from investing and really making the most of their money so what's the power of investing early and can you break down how one can get started learning about investing? So I think the key thing when it comes to investing is that the understanding that like no one got wealthy just off of saving. Like if you're putting money into savings account in cash every year due to inflation, you are losing the buying power of your money. So the point of investing is to be able to basically grow wealth over a long period of time. And the key thing about starting early is about compound interest. So for anybody who doesn't know what compound interest is, it's your interest on your money, like you get in a normal, normal savings account, makes interest. So it's interest on top of interest. And it helps your money grow at a quicker rate um, than just saving. So when it comes to like getting started, I think you, you do need a basic understanding of what investing is. So basic, whether you read a book or whether you watch a YouTube video or go to a workshop or anything, depending on what way you like to learn, is just getting a basic knowledge of why we need to invest, what investing actually is and the different ways you can invest. And then, um, yeah, kind of. It, it does come down to that thing of like just getting started. Like I learned about investing and then waited probably like nearly a year and a half before I even invested my first pound because I was freaking out. But I already had enough information to do it. So there has to be that level of like just jumping and um, going for it. But knowing that like when it comes to investing, you're better off starting small and like investing what you know you could afford to lose. As Don't take your life savings and like chuck it into an investment because um, that's never going to end well. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. And then there's so many resources out there online, whether it be workshops or classes. So how do people eager to learn more about investing and how to use their money rather than just keeping a bank account? How do they know rich resources to trust? Do you recommend any specific books, resources, people online? Um, I think the thing about you know the internet is there's no perfect solution like anybody can go online and say what they want so because there's this free reign of you know people doing what they want and especially like scammers on instagram and stuff like that which is a real problem i think you just kind of have to be you have to have your wits about you and like when it comes to that kind of stuff the people i would say not to listen to are anyone who says to you you give me money and i'll invest it for you no, I don't say unless they're a regulated financial advisor, even then they're only telling you what to do. Um, but yeah, don't don't pay somebody to do it for you. Don't follow or like talk to anybody who has like in their name or their details, FX, Forex, trading, you know, anything like that. Um, and also don't look for or, or avoid the people that tell you that investing is going to get you rich quick like that's a big no-no as well you want to look for people who are talking about growing wealth for the long term acknowledging that the stock market can change you can lose your money but the aim is that by investing over a long period of time that's where you're going to basically make money so it's getting rich for the long term they're the kind of like people you want to look for now i have read a few books on investing um but unless you're unless you're either really into like finance or you're really into reading it can be they can be quite heavy um like I read Rich Dad Poor Dad which I think is a great book but again it doesn't necessarily teach you step by step how to invest I think you're better off going on YouTube I think there's some amazing videos out there um that just tell you to sort of like the basics and they're, they're not getting anything you know from it if they're giving you a breakdown of just picking a platform explaining what stocks and index funds and stuff like that are and letting you know the risks involved I think they're probably um sort of you know worth like worth listening to and probably quite trustworthy because it's then you making those choices but yeah no no get rich quick schemes yeah definitely i feel like a lot of people in their 20s they have the resources like we mentioned before there's books there's things on youtube they can they're 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 things they can access but let's say they get the knowledge a lot of them have trouble kind of understanding what the what the actual purpose of it is. And they feel like their 20s should be a time to just enjoy themselves, enjoy their college friends, enjoy themselves before they kind of settle down and have a family. Uh, you mentioned before compound interest. I thought that's a very important point. So how would you stress that to a 20 year old who's just starting out in their, in their career um, and kind of emphasize that it's really important to start investing early? Yeah, I think that um, the good thing about knowledge and financial literacy is that it helps you make educated decisions, right? So when, the more you know, not all the time, but a lot of the time, the more you know, the more confident you feel to, to kind of make these decisions. And I guess what I would say is it's all well and good that you're having fun now, but you don't want to be the person out of all of your friends 10 years down the line that's still, you know, maybe living paycheck to paycheck, struggling to buy those bigger things that you want in life. You know, you're the one still living at home. You don't have any stamps on your passport, but all you've got is just like, you know, a bunch of clothes or a bunch of shoes or a bunch of cars, you know, like, so it's under... I think when it comes to the importance of starting early, it's about seeing it as not lost money, but as about like 
giving future you a better life and you end up like when you know that when you look at the stats and you look at compound interest calculators and you understand how much more money you can make essentially for free by starting a year two three four years early I think sometimes those numbers are quite mind-blowing um so yeah looking into that and understanding the sooner you start essentially the more you will make even if you put the same amount of money in but yeah. throughout their 20s they might feel like they're missing out on a lot of social events like concerts parties um, and just going out in general it's, it's a fun time in people's mm-hmm. lives would it be possible to balance that and if so how can they balance that yeah i think that i'm a big believer that you that you can definitely um, enjoy your money in the now and still save for the future. Now, obviously, one big part of that is income. You have to have an income. Um, and if that's the thing that you feel like you're struggling with, obviously, you know, we are in an, an age where you can make money so easily online. So, like, income-wise, looking at increasing it there. But when it comes to balancing out the two, I think, first of all, you want to figure out what is important to you. Are you spending money at the moment just to impress other people? It's that classic case of, like, knowing what your own goals are knowing that they motivate you and excite you because the reason why I saved 15 grand in three years was because I was so motivated to go to drama school that I didn't care about the other stuff and I still managed to go on holiday with my girlfriends go on nights out I just set budgets for those things so that I was getting to do both so like practicing mindful spending and like before you're spending any money in whatever capacity, like really checking in with yourself, checking in with your body, checking in with like what's going on, how you're feeling and asking yourself questions around like, does this take me closer towards my goals? Is this spending aligned with my values? Am I doing this just to cope emotionally? And asking yourself those questions, can I actually afford it? And then working on like your relationship with money is really important, but also understanding like, especially this is so important for young people, we can't have it all, all straight away. Like if you just turned 20 and you just had all the money in the world to just do all everything straight away, you don't have to work for anything. Like it wouldn't actually be that fun. Look at a lot of rich people or a lot of people who win the lottery and they just come into loads of money at once. They usually end up blowing it all or, you know, end up in a really bad mental way because the money isn't the thing that they're actually trying to build. You Things that are important outside of that, you know, your, your community, your friends, the relationships you build, like things that bring you a sense of purpose in life. Where So when you're in your 20s, these are the things that you're experimenting and you're trying out. And it's like just recognizing that hopefully you'll be on this earth till you're like 90. So you have all these years to slowly build up and slowly enjoy more things and like enjoy the the work that you've done and the money that you put aside. Um and yeah, I think budgeting can be a great way to ensure that you are still living within your means but getting to do some stuff that is fun and also getting to um save for the future and just practicing delayed versus instant gratification in that respect. Yeah, and speaking about your own relationship with the money you have, let's pivot a tiny bit and talk about debt, which is the money you owe to other people, whether it be a bank, your parents, a loan giver. So is all debt bad debt? Why or why not? So when it comes to debt, I don't believe that all uh, debt is bad. No, I think that it the way that it's portrayed towards poor people versus rich people is very, very different. If you're poor or, you know, you're middle uh, lower class working class is what we call it in England I don't know if it's the same over there Um, if you're working class you are told that debt is bad it's unmanageable it's going to get give you a poor credit score um, and you're told usually to avoid it credit cards are demonized and you know 
payday loans are out there and obviously that they can be really bad for you. So versus rich people or wealthy people get told that using debt is good. So people take out business loans as investments. They use debt and capital to progress their lives. So it's a very different mindset of what's told depending on the privileges that you were born with. The most important thing about debt is when it becomes unmanageable. So for example, you've taken out a credit card or a loan, you think that it's free money and you just spend it and all these things that are depreciating. So losing value once you've bought them, clothes, holidays, you know, they don't have any value once they're bought, unless it's like something designer, but that's a whole other story. Um, and you're, you're essentially eating into this money, but you don't have the income to pay it back. That's when it becomes unmanageable because you have to pay interest and you have to, you end up, it being something that you're struggling to pay back and then future you is having to deal with the problems that past you has left behind. So if you are looking to use debt, like get out a credit card or get out a loan, it's asking yourself what you need that for. If you're using a credit card to build your credit rating so that by the time you get a house, you know, you've got a good credit score, great. But if you don't feel confident in your ability to use one, that's when you want to avoid it. However, debt itself can be very helpful if you're trying to set up a business or you know even taking out a mortgage on a house that's debt you know people have these big debts technically of hundreds of thousands of pounds um but it's not viewed in that way because you're receiving something in return for that which hopefully grows in time so it's seen more as an investment um but yeah so it depends how you frame it um and how you use it but changing your mindset to understanding that debt actually earns you something instead of just taking out debt like payday loans or excessive amounts of student loans. I know we have a larger problem with that in the US, but um, just in general, debt, understanding that debt is a tool that you can use instead of just something that hurts you. So kind of we wanted to get more perspective on the journey that you talk about a lot on your platforms, which is how you save 40,000 pounds using your monthly budget that you provide uh, on your platforms as well. We think that's really impressive. We noticed that you track what money's coming in and what money's coming out very specifically and tediously. Why is it important to be so prudent about these, um, uh, what's going in and what's going out? Yeah, so I so I created my budget planner when I was like, I call it a spending planner now. I've started to move away from the word budgeting a little bit just because it has so many negative connotations around like people think budget, they think frugal, they think tight, they think restrictive, which it isn't the case. So I've been using the phrase spending planner because you are planning your spending. And the reason why it's so important is because we can't just assume that we're going to be able to mentally figure out all this maths in our head of bills, spending, goals. When you can spend time sitting down and understanding how much money you have coming in and how much money you have going out, it allows you to make sure that you're staying on top of your finances, living within your means. Like I work with so many clients that they go, I don't know where all my money's going, or I don't know how I've got in debt, or, you know, questions like that. We sit down and we go through their finances. And when we add up, and we go through their bank statements, and we add up different things into different categories, they cannot believe how all those little £10 and £5 all add up. Because you don't really notice it, you know, you leave the house, you £5 on the bus, £10 on a coffee, for, you know, and it does add up. So by 
understanding what you have to play with throughout the month to spend it allows you to enjoy your money without worrying that you're putting yourself into debt or that you're spending money that should be going on your bills and you're only going to know this by sitting down with your money and understanding like what's going on um so yeah that's what the spending plan is for um and that is definitely what helped me save so much money exactly and then we also notice that your spending planner also incorporates fixed expenses and also variable expenses. So for our audience who may not know, could you explain the difference between the two type of costs? So what qualifies as a variable expense? What qualifies as a fixed expense? Yeah, so fixed expense is something that is fixed at a set cost and a set date. So your direct debits and your standing orders. So usually this is mortgage, rent, phone bills, even with a phone bill um, that sometimes, you know, for example, your, your phone bill might be 50 quid. But if you're somebody who goes over regularly, it might end up being 70 quid, for example. But it's still a fixed cost in the way of it comes out on a set day and it should be a set amount you just have to would have to factor into the budget the fact that you keep going over on you know your data or whatever so it's anything that's fixed and that you can really pre-plan and you say i know exactly how much is going to go out on those things your variable costs is things that you are spending money on throughout the month that you either don't know when it's coming out you don't know how much it's going to be like set amount or it's like one-off fees for example so that's things like your groceries you know, you might say, I know I'm probably going to spend about £150. But, you you know, it happens at different points. Your travel, if you um, fill up your car with petrol or you um, get the train. You know, it's things that you know that you're going to spend money on, but you don't have an exact cost. And the way that you work out those costs is by looking over the months, the previous months, and adding it up and starting to work out an average. Like, oh, okay, it worked out on average. I spend about X amount on this particular thing. This is why I don't know if you guys have it um, over in the States, but we have some apps over here that you get a card for. When you spend, you can put the transaction into a category. And then at the end of the month and throughout the month, it will tell you, it won't say, you know, you've spent £10 at the supermarket. It will say you've spent £10 on groceries because it automatically categorizes it. Um, so they're really helpful. But if not, you can do it manually. And yeah, and then there's also another part of, a, of the um, planner, spending planner, which is your event. So that can be things like, you know, that you're going out for a birthday meal, £20. You know that you've got a present to buy X amount. So I like to break it down into um, events as well, because then you can sit down, you can look at your calendar for the month ahead and go, yeah, I'm going out here. I'm going out on this date. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the difference. The one thing I will say is there are other ways to budget. The way that I created is very itemized. So it's specific items within that. Now for some people that can be too um, rigid and you can do different methods. So there's one called the 50, 30, 20 method, which is 50% of your money should go on um, needs, which is rent, phone bills, but it also, which is fixed, but also includes things like food and travel, which is variables. So that budget doesn't look at fixed and variables. It just looks at 50% on your needs, 50% on your wants, and then 20% on your goals. So depending on how you like to budget, you might need to like have a play around. Um, but yeah, my one focuses on the fixed and the variable expenses. Yeah, definitely. I think that's really interesting. I also like kind of how you differentiate between a budget and a spending plan. I think even that name change creates a totally different mindset in a lot of people's heads. 
Um, so on that topic, you also uh, outline goals that you have for the future in your monthly budget, which I think is very important. So even at the micro level, you're even you're planning for the future. So why do you think that's so important and why do you outline uh, that in your spending plan? Yeah, so I created the extra section for financial goals because what usually happens is people get to the end of the month and they go, I don't have I don't know where my money's gone and they'll or they'll go, I'll save what's left over. And the way that our brains work, they're not gonna leave you any money to, to left over to save unless you are on, you know, a really high salary, um, which isn't very common from, you know, starting from a young age, then you wanna make sure that you are prioritizing you. And part of that is spending money on your future self and putting money towards your financial goals, whether that's saving, investing. And um, when the, the thing about that is it allows you to move money around the day you get paid, if you get paid monthly, and you can put money towards your goals straight away. And then you don't need to worry the rest, rest of the month, like, oh, God, I haven't put anything in savings yet. And, you know, feel bad that you're not growing your savings because you've already done that part. So even if you're, you know, you just you just basically spend what's left over. And by including that within the the spending planner, it just prioritizes your goals and your future, I think. That's a great point. And then we've talked a lot about the intricacies of budgeting expenses, how you plan it out in terms of goals. But how does one really stick to their spending plan? Do you have any money dates or how do you reflect on how you did on your budget? And why is doing so so important to sticking to your budget? So, yeah, so I have this thing where um, called monthly money dates and you sit down, you look back from your budget last month and then your plan for the future month. Um, look over, see if you're progressing towards your goals. And the reason why that's so important is, is about connecting to your finances and connecting with your money so you know that you are progressing towards your goals and you can look back over what's happened and figure out maybe what went wrong. If you had a month where you went really over budget and you just spent crazy amounts you can then go what is it that I need to change without doing a money date and reflecting on what's happened you can't make any changes so to be able to stick to your money throughout the month I used to track every single pound that I spent like in the spreadsheet I would literally put you know gone and bought a drink one pound gone and done this two pounds which at the time was helpful for me but now is way too restrictive like now that I've got older and I changed the way I handle my money so if you, to be able to stay on track throughout the month is you just want to check in regularly. So depending on and checking back in to see what you've said that you're going to spend money on and how much you're currently spending on. And the thing that I like to have is a separate spending account. So once you've worked out all of your bills and how much money you've got for the month, take the, the amount and I put it in the spending planner, take the amount of money for spending and put it onto a spending card. And then that way you can just you've just got one number to look at. Am I at the end of the month? How far am I away from my payday and how much money do I have left? And that way you don't have to worry about like, yeah, spending money on your bills and it keeps you a bit more on track. Definitely. That's some really great advice on budgeting and as a spending planner, kind of putting full focus to the future and making your financial situation what you want it to be and understanding that you're in control of that. So if you guys are looking for more information and uh, to connect with Laura even more, she can provide some of her social medias and her website and ways to contact her in the future. Yeah, so I'm on 
pretty much most platforms instagram tiktok youtube um i've got a podcast coming out as well um and it's just laura and more so my instagram name is at laura underscore and underscore more which is m o r e and then yeah if you put that into most platforms i should um should come up you should be able to find me and then yeah feel free to drop me a dm slide into my dms <laughs> perfect um it was a great talking to you today and you did fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Money Moves with Gen Z for Financial Literacy. We hope you learned something today. If you'd like to work with us, visit our website, genzforfinlit.org slash intern. Again, that's Gen Z for Finlit.org slash I N T E R N. You can also follow us on Instagram at Gen Z for Finlit for future updates. We also have a monthly newsletter where we go into depth on everything related to finance and business. You can sign up for it on the website as well. Until next time, it's been Matt and Steven.